Today, inshallah, let's do something interesting, easy, inshallah, and also uh, very fascinating. Actually, uh, I will be traveling uh, to the province of Sicily in a few weeks for an academic conference. Uh, and so this got me thinking about the history of Islam in Sicily. So today we'll just summarize a bit of that and inshallah, I hope it will be sparking a curiosity in you to read more about this. Where is Sicily? Sicily is an island that is literally off the coast of Italy and is also close to North Africa. So Algeria, Tunisia, between Tunisia and Italy, there is an island called Sicily and there are other islands as well. Muslims ruled Sicily for almost 300 years. Almost 300 years. This is one of those chapters that most people are not aware of. We're all aware of Andalus. But Andalus is not the only European land that we lost. In fact, there are others as well. Most prominent is Sicily. So, very briefly, some tidbits so that inshallah we whet our appetite and curiosity. And as usual, these khatiras, I'm, I'm not preparing and I don't have my notes or something. It's just literally general knowledge. So if I make a mistake in a name or a date, inshallah, please overlook it. The concept is what I'm trying to uh, uh, present to you. We're all aware, we should be all aware, that it was Uthman ibn Affan an, who first instituted a Muslim navy. And then under the early Umayyads, they expanded it. Those first fleets of Muslim ships, they landed on Sicily. During the lifetime of the Sahaba, we had ships on Sicily. But no conquest could occur. They weren't able to expel the, uh, uh, the Byzantines or the, uh, the, the Christians over there. So they didn't conquer Sicily at that time frame. What happened? Fast forward 150 years, around 830 CE, roughly. 830 CE. Uh, in the time of the Abbasids, the glory period of the Abbasids. A general of Sicily was made a criminal by the Pope. The Pope said he should be punished for whatever reason. He should be executed or punished or whatnot. This general, instead of facing up to the punishment, decided to flee to Muslim lands, the Aghlabid dynasty. The Aghlabid dynasty, Qairawan, Tunisia, Libya, this is the Aghlabid dynasty. So he flees to the Aghlabids and he goes to the Emir of the Aghlabids and he says, I'll help you, come invade my land. I'm the general, I know everything inside out, I have, you know, everything, civil war, people want power. He says, appoint me your governor and I will help you rule this land. So the Emir initially goes, no, we don't, it's, you guys are an island, we have enough problems in this land, etc. One of the scholars, one of the greatest scholars of that land, his name is Asad ibn Furat. And he was the last remnants of the student of Imam Malik ibn Anas, very old man at this time. And he was the one upon whose hands the Maliki Madhab spread in this region. That region is Maliki to this day because of this scholar, right? This scholar stood up and said, no, it is obligatory. He's come to you. He's offering you. Allah has blessed you with this. How can you refuse? In fact, I insist, I want to go as well. He was the Qadi of the Aghlabids. He was the judge and the senior mufti of the Aghlabids. A lot of popularity. So when he insisted... The Amir had no choice but to say, Khalas, okay, you go with them. So Al-Asad ibn Furat was one of the leaders of the expedition, despite the fact he was very old, and he passed away in Sicily, where his qabr is to this day, in the famous city of Palermo, which is the largest city of Sicily. If you land in Sicily, you're going to be landing in Palermo, and his qabr is over there. So around 8.30 or so, the Muslims uh, start their invasion under this general who knew, knew the insides out. Long story short, in a few decades, they, under, they conquer all of Sicily. Sicily comes under the Muslim rule. And 
Series of Muslim rules come as was always the case. The Aghlabids had an emir over there. Eventually, the Fatimids take over. Eventually, a new dynasty called the Kelbid dynasty takes over. So th around 300 years of Muslim rule in Sicily. In this time frame, they conquered a number of other regions around Sicily. Most prominently, the island of Malta. Malta was under Muslim rule for a similar time frame. We're going to come back to Malta. They also launched expeditions up north. They even attacked Rome because Sicily is connected almost to the, to the uh, you know, Italian mainland. And they had small ports, the port of Bari, B-A-R-R-I. They actually conquered this port on mainland Italy. And they had settlements on the mainland of Italy. Not permanent, Temporary, but they were expelled and so they always retreated to Sicily. So Muslims were never able to establish a permanent presence on the mainland of Italy. They had expeditions and whatnot. It was always in Sicily. In this time frame, as is the case of Andalus, slowly but surely, organic conversions, marriages, children, eventually the bulk of the island becomes Muslim. Sicily is now majority Muslim. Malta, majority Muslim. Andalus, eventually majority Muslim. But the largest concentration of Jews and Christians in Muslim lands is found in Sicily and in Andalus. Obviously, because not everybody converts. And this shows us the freedom that the Muslims gave the people, that you don't have to convert. So a large population remains upon Christianity and Judaism. Eventually, uh, the, uh, the rise of Europe, Western Europe, now kicks the Muslims out. Uh, around what 12 30 12 40 12 50 around this time and basically 280 years from the beginning of the conquest 270 years now why were the muslims kicked out the same reason as andalus these are realities that we need to be aware of we have a very romanticized version of islamic history a very mythologized a very unreal fact of the matter we have a lot of good but there's also negatives there's also things that show us the human nature of our history the number one reason why the Muslims of those regions lost was because of internal bickering and power, fighting, assassinations, rulers trying to kill other rulers, you know, coup d'etats, just the standard drama that happens in politics. And I say this because if you have an unrealistic understanding of history, it's going to be harmful in your understanding of the Muslim world. We have a lot of ups, but we also have a lot of downs. The number one reason, if you read the history of Sicily, just like if you read the end days of Andalus, your mind just begins to implode. What is going on? Everybody's killing everybody else. Everybody, this is what's happening in Sicily. Number two reason why Muslims lost Sicily is because they are disconnected from the central caliphate. They're in a small island. You're not going to have the troops and the forces that you're going to have in Baghdad, that you're going to have in, 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 in Damascus, that you're going to have in Arabia. It's a small island. So when Western Europe invades, then they, no, they don't have the necessary troops. Number three is an internal politics between Eastern Christianity and Western Christianity. Again, this is, too, I don't want to get too confusing, but when Islam was on the rise, when the Prophet was alive, there was no Western Christianity. There was no Europe. There was no London, Paris. This is all nothing. What you had was Eastern Christianity. What you had was what is now the Eastern churches, the Orthodox churches. Slowly but surely, Muslims conquered Eastern Christianity, the Byzantine Empire, and the Western Christianity began to rise up in the vacuum. Europe, as we know it, was unknown to the Muslims of the Prophet's time. But by 900-1000 CE, Byzantine Empire is on the down and Europe is on the rise. So you have European Christianity, the Western version of Christianity, 
Catholics, basically, because this was a war between the Catholics and the Eastern version. There was no Protestants up until 1600s, 1550. So Catholics are on the rise, and they're a new power, a new force, a new language. They are coming in. Eventually, they overcome, and they take over Sicily. But here's the interesting point. Uh, around 12, what, 1250, 1260 or so, I, I have a post yesterday on my Facebook. The first king of Sicily, after the Muslims, the Norman king of Sicily, is King Roger. King Roger. King Roger grew up in Muslim Sicily. His teachers were Arabs and Muslims. He spoke fluent Arabic. And when he becomes the king, yes, he is a Christian. Yes, he wants to rule like every politician. And he does become the ruler. When he becomes the ruler, he becomes the most tolerant ruler in all of Europe to the Muslims. In fact, not just tolerant, admi admiration. Arabic is an official language of Sicily. Every court edict is read not only in Latin, but in Arabic. The madrasas, the qudat, the tahfil schools, all allowed to flourish. For another, unbelievably, around, what, 180 years or so, almost 200 years. So the Muslims of Sicily, under Christian rule, are allowed complete freedoms that are unprecedented in any other Christian land. Now, the Muslims of Sicily, uh, by the way, it was in the time of King Roger as well. Uh, King Roger was a great uh, patron of the arts and of science and whatnot, again, coming from the Muslims. And so he was the one who commissioned the greatest a scholar of the Muslim world at the time, the greatest ge geographer and historian, Al-Idrisi, to live in Palermo, in his palace. He paid him a stipend for a staggering 15 years for one book. See, this is what happens when you have money. This is what happens when you have the power behind you. Money talks, right? He paid this guy 15 years, the Sheikh and Alim, to write one book. What was that book? The Book of the World, also known as Kitabu Rojar. Kitabu Rojar. Roger's book. It's called Roger's book. It was the first atlas ever done in the history of mankind that was somewhat accurate. And Al-Idrisi has a map of the world that is still considered to be the most accurate map for 400 years. Of course, eventually it is supplanted, made better. Al-Idrisi's map, it is called, you can Google it. Today, go back home, or if you're watching online, Google right now. Al-Idrisi's map, you will find it. His world is upside down. He has north down here and south up here. But you will recognize it as the world. And of course, he's a Muslim. So where do you think is the center of the map? Mecca. Mecca is dead center of the map. So when you see Al-Idrisi's map, Mecca is dead center. And you can recognize Arabia, and we have to look upside down. Actually, if you turn the Idrisi map upside down, you, you see it. He also calculated the circumference of the earth to like 5% precision. Nobody had calculated. Uh, he, he basically beat Al-Biruni, if you listen to my lecture. He made it more accurate than Al-Biruni. Before it was Al-Biruni, then he comes along and makes it even more accurate. This is Kitabu Rojar that is done in Arabic, commissioned by King Roger, and other books, translations, and whatnot are done. What happened to the Muslims of Sicily? Obviously, politics is going to come into play. Fast forward four or five generations, 150 years later, and politics happened between the Muslim world, the Crusades, this and that, internal issues. 
grumbling between the Christians and Muslims. So a later king says, Khalas, all you Muslims, I will kick you out. He didn't kill them because again, they were intertwined in the fabric of society. He couldn't, it was not possible to just massacre and execute. There was still sympathy and whatnot. I will kick you out. But where will you go? Who's going to take you? SubhanAllah, this is one of the most bizarre episodes of Islamic history. Hardly anybody studies this or knows about it, but you should. It's very interesting. Where did they go? A neighboring province in mainland Italy said, give them to us. This is the province of Lucera, L-U-C-E-R-E-R-A, Lucera. The, the, the governor, the king of that province, the ruler of that province, wanted the Muslims to all migrate to mainland Italy. Lucera is close to Naples. Naples, the major city. It's on the other side of Naples, right? Now it's an abandoned town, very small village. It flourished back then. Why did it flourish? Because of the Muslims. Why did this king governor want the Muslims to come? Because of the skill set of the Muslims. The Muslims, when they came to Sicily, Sicily, they transformed Sicily into an agrarian society. They brought their oranges, their burtuqals, they brought their grapes, they brought all of these fruits. And Sicily was nothing before Islam. During the reign of the Muslims, it became a powerful, mighty uh, empire of GDP, so that when King Roger came, King Roger's kingdom became the strongest kingdom of Europe because he's on the back of the Muslims. So the Muslims had talent. The Muslims knew how to uh, 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 mine the fields and take care of the agriculture. So Lucera said, come to us. So the Muslims, tens of thousands of them, migrated from Sicily to where? To mainland Italy. This is around 1200 CE, 800 years ago. So you had an entire village constructed. It is still around to this day. If you ever go there, one day I plan to take a trip just for myself, you will see some remnants of the madrasas and the masjids and the tahfil schools built by the Muslims of Italy in mainland Italy. And the Muslims were allowed complete independence. There were Qudat over there, judges, they had their own land, they farmed, they made Lucera very powerful. Then another political issue, two generations. So you had two or three generations of Muslims living in mainland Italy, descendants of Sicilian Muslims. Then, as you would expect, around what, 13 something, 1300, 1400, some 1320, I forgot exact date, around 1300 or so, another tyrant comes along and he goes, Khalas and there was some civil war, whatnot, khalas, we're gonna kill or enslave all of you. And so, tens of thousands of Muslims were either killed or sent to slavery, or a third group, they managed to negotiate and they fled to Muslim lands uh, in the neighboring region, Andalus or other places, and so that, that was the end of Islam in Sicily. Malta was the same. Malta also expelled Muslims, but there was one major difference. As for Sicily, the Norman king adopted Latin, he allowed Arabic. Eventually, when they kicked the Muslims out, Arabic disappeared. As for Malta, they did not change the language. And so, the language that was spoken by the Muslims remained in Malta, and it is still spoken to this day. Maltese, not the chocolate candy, Maltese, the language of Malta, unbelievably, is a dialect of Arabic. And it is a European language spoken in Europe. Only people in Malta speak it. It is a dialect of Arabic, but it is obviously unrecognizable to many of us. However, 
Anybody from North Africa, Algeria, Tunisia, Morocco, if they listen to Maltese, they will understand 30, 40, 50% of it. And last year or two years ago, I showed a post in Maltese that it's written in English, a script, but it is Maltese, and anybody can understand. Uh, I forgot, I don't want to say, but zujaj, zugag. If the, if the window breaks, right, then do such and such. You can actually understand Maltese if you speak North African Arabic. It is the only European country that is that way. Point being, okay, with this we conclude. SubhanAllah, these are anecdotes and episodes in our history that are very interesting for us. But it's not just interesting. It's not just things of the past. These societies impacted Europe as a whole. Europe would not be Europe if it hadn't interacted with Andalus, if it hadn't interacted with Sicily and Malta. Many things from these societies, many books, much knowledge was transferred over. And much can be said, but for the purposes of this lecture, I'll mention one or two or three things, however many come to my mind. The first of them, which is truly phenomenal, the notion of living with other faiths in tolerance. You guys have to understand, Christians did not know the meaning of tolerance. Forget tolerating Muslims. They would kill and burn fellow Christians who had a slight difference in aqidah. Like we're talking Shafi'i, Hanafi type of difference. We're talking within Sunnism, two mainstream strands. They would kill and persecute fellow Christians. If you study, anybody studies basic European history, you all know this. For hundreds of years, that's why they were forced to invent liberalism and secularism, because they could not live together as faith-based community. This country, how was it founded? Christians fleeing from other Christians. Christians who don't have the exact same version of Christianity as England, they come to this land. The 13 states of the colonies, everyone has a slightly different Christian sect. Why? Because Christians couldn't live together. They saw from Muslims that Muslims have no problem living with all types of faith communities. And for around two, three hundred years, Muslim societies were used as role models to preach to fellow Europeans. Hey guys, it is possible. Look at the Muslims. John Locke, the founder of liberalism as it exists in this country. John Locke, read, he has a letter concerning tolerance. Read what he has written about Muslims and Islam. He quotes the Muslim societies and he says, look at Muslim lands, look at the Ottoman Muslims, Mohammedans over there. They live in peace with all societies and there's no problem there. Why can't we do the same? So this notion of tolerance of lakum dinukum waliyadeen, they took it up from the Muslims. They also took many other things, apricots, so Sicilian cuisine, by the way, it's very Arab apparently. Inshallah, I'll find out in a few weeks and I'll sacrifice and taste a few and I'll come back and update you. But, but I understand what I've been told. Sicilian cuisine is very much influenced by Arabic. Uh, the, the city's names as well. Qal'a, there's many Kala over there. Qal'a, there's many cities, there's many names like this. Sicilian Italian has many words in Arabic as well. Unlike, you know, Maltese, which is almost fully made from Arabic, Sicilian Italian has some as well. And the final point, and I know this is going to get me into a little bit of trouble, but it is funny. One of the things the Muslims left from Sicily is the mafia. I kid you not. I kid you not. When the Normans came and took over, groups of Muslims rebelled. Those groups were given a title. Eventually, that title is now known as mafia. Now, what is the origin of the word mafia? It's a mystery. 
four or five Arabic words are, 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 are given, but pretty much there's unanimous consensus that amongst linguists that the origin of the word mafia is Sicil Sicilian Arabic. It is the Arabic, something of the Sicilian. What is it? Some say it is from uh, ma'fi, which is they are forgiven, i.e. they're not going to obey the laws of King Roger. So they're in the, in the hills and the they're fighting the, 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 the people. Some say from manfi, they have been exiled, okay? Uh, some have other, uh, one of them is from marfud, which becomes uh, marpiyu, which becomes mafioso. So they have different theories out there that where does the term mafia come from? So we can say, whether we like it or not, one of the remnants of Muslim rule in Sicily was the existence of the Mafia, which of course, back in those days, the Mafia was a rebel group against King Roger, against the kingdom of Christianity that they wanted to fight against. Eventually, it became what it became. That and the Godfather has no influence on Arabic culture. There's nothing to do there. We don't have to worry about that. In any case, it was an interesting uh, hi historical lesson for all of us. And I hope, inshallah ta'ala, with this, you will study a little bit more and realize Islam has an amazing heritage and culture. There's a lot of good, some negatives as well. We benefit from the good. We also benefit from the negatives to not repeat it. Inshallah, we'll continue other times. Zakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنِ اللَّغْوِ مُعْرِضُونَ وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ لِلزَّكَاةِ فَاعِلُونَ وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ لِفُرُوجِهِمْ حَافِظُونَ إِلَّا عَلَى أَزْوَاجِهِمْ أَوْ مَا مَلَكَتْ أَيْمَانُهُمْ فَإِنَّهُمْ غَيْرُ مَلُومِينَ 